This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside the great Brock Davis. Brock, I know you haven't been on in a while. Brock, how you doing? What up? I'm doing <laughs> good. Life's taking a little bit of a, of a pause a little bit, so I got some time, and hopefully we'll have a little more time going forward to be able to talk about uh, the Angels' hopefully better 2021 season. Heck yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I, I, you called me yesterday and you're like, all right, let's get this going. And I've been wanting to get this going. And, you know, let's, like I said, let's get this going. I know, you know, Derek and John have been working, you know, their butts off, um, supporting their families and everything. And it's a crazy time right now. But yes, we have some, a little bit of free time. So I guess the youngsters, I know they hate when we say that, but the youngsters are going to take over for a little while here, I guess. It doesn't mean Derek and John aren't going to be on it or anything, but you know, it, it might be a little bit lesser in a sense. I don't, I don't know. We'll figure it out moving forward, but there's a lot of news and I'm excited for this podcast because, you know, we're coming off a day where yesterday the Angels made a trade. There's quite a few interesting names. We talked about it before the podcast off, off of the, off the record. But before we start any of that, I just want to say thank you to everybody who listens to this podcast, who stuck with us and all that fun stuff. I know, like I said before, we're going to get this going. It's getting going now. For sure, we got news. We have a lot of fun stuff. Um, me and Brock have been tossing ideas off each other for the past 24 hours about, you know, how we want to, you know, what, what we want to talk about because there's there's so much fun stuff to talk about um, in the off season moving forward. So if you do like this podcast, please, 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 guys. Go on to Apple Music. Give us a five-star review only if you like it, though. If you want to, you know, talk to me or Brock. Brock, where are you at at Twitter so they can at you? B-D-R-O-X-8. Yes, go follow Brock there. Go shoot him a message if you have any topics we want to talk about. Me and Brock will cover that. We'll probably answer some questions along the way as well. I'm on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. As always, you can always at me, shoot me a message, whatever it is. And if you guys, I guess, kind of stay tuned, I... May possibly have a giveaway today. I'm looking over at my shelf full of stuff, Angel stuff that I'm working on giving away to everybody. So yeah, let's uh, you know, as I said, get this podcast rolling here. First thing I guess we kind of want to talk about that Brock wanted to bring up because he didn't really get to talk about it is, of course, the Angels have a new GM, Perry Manassian. Brock, what are your thoughts on this move? I know the people listening to this are kind of like, all right, you know, we've already talked about this, blah, blah, blah. But Brock hasn't really talked about this and he wants to, I guess, maybe give his two cents. I know you wanted me to talk about it, but I figured you've had a little bit of time to maybe look it up and kind of see what's going on. Yeah, I kind of just did a little bit of research on him just because I, I wasn't super familiar with, with the work that he's done in the past. But what I liked about it was that it seems like he spent a lot of his life in uh, baseball 
Uh, I believe his dad worked in organizations, and it seems like he's he's worked as a scout since back as far as I think it was 02 or 03. And then he was an assistant GM to the Braves for a few years, which I thought was pretty cool because the Braves have a lot of young talent, and they've really built their lineup and rotation really well with uh, with uh, youngsters that can put up good numbers and and have a lot of trade trade uh, trade pieces that they can use. And uh, now he's our GM, and uh, so I'm really excited so far. I really like the the moves that he's made so far. Some to say the least, ballsy moves that I think Billy might have had a hard time making. Perry's already kind of made a couple of those moves that were kind of, you know, cutting Middleton and, and Robles. I think those are possibly a little bit overdue, maybe not necessarily overdue, but kind of moves that, you know, if they don't pay out or he doesn't do something to replace those names that will get us further than, Billy, Billy, I don't know if he was necessarily willing to make those kind of moves. So Perry comes in right out the gate. He he non-tenders some kind of surprising names that I, I not necessarily would have thought he would have done and made a good trade that hopefully he can produce what he did last year and fill that shortstop gap with uh, you know, a very small price tag, which allows us to hopefully go out and attack the, the bigger names that we really want. So, so far, I'm a big fan. Hopefully... You know, he's able to actually bring in the guys that we really want, the high-ticket items, and hopefully it works out in his favor. Yeah, you know, I it's one of those moves where, you know, I was happy when Billy came in. I was happy with what Billy did, and I'm happy with Perry coming in, and I'm happy with prob- – I'm more than likely going to be happy with he's uh, what he's going to do. You know, he's already started off good. He's made, you know, a similar move. I know I got chewed out yesterday about it, but he made a similar move to what Billy made in his first move. Billy went out and got Andrew Alton Simmons, a defensive-minded, a really good de- defensive-minded shortstop, and extended him. Manassian goes out and his first trade, one of his first moves, is going out and getting a defensive-minded shortstop as well, and an underrated one at that. I mean, I know it's not easy to compare the um, Simmons and Iglesias because I think Simmons is a borderline Hall of Famer. I think he's as good as Ozzie Smith is as long as he stays healthy and continues to produce. But at the same time, you know, I think it's a very similar move. I think that, you know, you have to build around a solid defensive middle of your field. So that's going to be catcher, shortstop, second baseman, center field. And the Angels now, I think, have that pretty solid. They need back another catcher to complement Stassi. Who that's going to be, we'll find out here pretty soon, I would, I would assume. But, yeah, you know, it's it's you have the makings of a solid, you know, up-the-middle defensive team there. So I, I, I like it. Um, but back on Manassian, yeah, you know, it's 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 just going to continue to be if Artie can kind of stay out of his way. There's going to be moves that Artie wants to be made and that he's going to not want to be made. And we saw that last year with Billy and how that has worked, how that worked out. And, you know, we'll see that moving forward with Manassian. If Artie can kind of stay out of the way and let Manassian do his thing, I think that he has all the ability in the world, and he's been gifted a really good organization, a really good team here to do that with. So at the end of the day, it's if Artie can kind of just stay out of his way and let him do his thing. Uh, and I know that's an unfortunate thing to really have to worry about, but yeah, I think that's going to be kind of the, the turning point. So any last words on this Perry Manassian signing yeah, I just think it's important that, you know, with, with Billy, you know, he, he had a decent tenure with us and, you know, with a lot of people, he didn't sit super well, but it's important to remember that, you know, I don't know why you got any uh, crap talked on you about the whole Simmons move, because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter who was behind the deal. The point is, is that the deal was made and Simmons Simmons put in a lot of good time and, and gave us a, a incredible defense. And I agree with you that he's a borderline Hall of Famer. And it's just important that no matter what, like a deal is a deal, who we get is who we get. And, you know, with Manassian or Epler, whoever it is, like what matters is the production that is produced by the players that, that we get. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, hopefully Artie doesn't get in the way because at the end of the day, he's the one with the money. So Manassian can go out and, and get, you know, agreements from whatever agents or whatever players he wants. But if Artie's not willing to put the money forward, then 
you know, that that's at the end of the day, that's that's what a GM is supposed to do is get everything in line. And if he could get the money provided to him, then, you know, or he can't, then that's really what it comes down to. So at the end of the day, you know, when we don't sign big name free agents, you know, if, if Artie can't put the money forward or isn't willing to put the money forward, then in reality, it falls on him unless it's not a money issue. And it's just the, you know, a lot of people forget about player preference of what team do they want to go to? It's, it's not always just, Oh, well, we didn't get him cause Artie got in the way and didn't want to put the money forward. You know, we don't know what happens behind those closed doors and, you know, we could have done everything in our power to put the money forward, give the player the sweetest deal we could possibly give that makes sense for our organization. And the player just might prefer to go somewhere else. So hopefully the stars align this offseason and the players that we want want to come to us and already has the money to provide and is willing to provide that money and Manassian makes the deals happen so yeah no I, I cannot agree with you more on that sub on any of those topics I like I said I think at the end of the day a GM is a GM it's GM in a sense for me is kind of like a manager it's a pretty face to do all the talking for you. There's a lot of guys behind the scenes that do a lot of really good stuff for you too. So yes, Paramanesian, Billy Epler, Tony Regans, whoever you want to look at uh, is always going to be the scapegoat for anything that is done, whether it's good, whether it's bad, he's going to get the blame. He's going to get the accolades. He's going to get, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever you want to say. Same thing with Joe Madden. You know, it, it, that's just how it works. But you mentioned we mentioned this before. We had a couple of non-tenders. We had a lot of mo- a lot of acquisitions, or not acquisitions in a sense, but a lot of transactions yesterday. We had one acquisition, and we'll start with the non-tenders, and that was Hansel Robles, Hobie Milner, Justin Anderson, Keenan Middleton, and Matt and Drees all got non-tendered. Will not be back with the Angels unless they sign a deal. Is there any names in particular, Brock, that you, I know you want to talk about all of them, but is there any names in particular that you want to talk about or that you were surprised by? I don't know if necessarily surprised by, like production-wise, I understand why it happened. I just don't think that if uh, all these names were to be on the non-tender list possibility last season, if they would have been non-tendered, like Robles and Middleton, Um, I think that those are two names that I don't necessarily think Epler would have non-tendered. Obviously, Robles, you know, after coming off of his 2019 season, uh, you know, obviously that wouldn't have really been an option. He was really good for us in 19. But after 20, rocky start, loss of velocity. And, uh, you know, I guess necessarily I think that I, I sense Robles, I understand why it happened, but I sense him having what I kind of consider the angel's curse where he doesn't do too hot with us. And then he's going to sign somewhere else for, you know, a mediocre or average reliever type deal, you know, maybe a one year deal with a competitive, competitive team, like maybe the Dodgers or, um, you know, the Yankees or something like that, where he'll, you know, compete in the playoffs or he knows that he's going to compete in the playoffs. And then he's going to be a lockdown uh, reliever for that team. Um, you know, we've had a lot of players like that that do mediocre with us for a year. We get rid of them, and then they go somewhere else, and then they kill it again. So hopefully that doesn't happen, but I understand why why we got rid of the names we did. And uh, I'm not disappointed about losing any of the guys that we lost. You know, I think it's time that we, we make a change, and hopefully we can just fill the gaps where we need to fill them. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I have to agree with you. If there were any names that I'm surprised by, I guess it would be Justin Anderson and Keenan Middleton. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you look at all these guys, was six, all six of these, all, all five of these guys, and are any of them going to get major league contracts anywhere? Hansel Robles, maybe. I mean, that lot, I mean, he was not good last year at all. Like the velocity drop, the, the slider kind of flattened out a little bit. I mean, it, none of it was, none of it was good last year. It was just, everything was hittable and everything was down the middle and it just wasn't, it wasn't what it was. Justin Anderson's coming off Tommy John. Keenan Middleton's coming off Tommy John. Pitched a little bit last year. We always know that the year after, or the second year after Tommy John, is going to be a good, more than likely a better year. So it wouldn't surprise me if Keenan Middleton lights it up wherever he goes. Matt Andres is Matt Andres. He's going to be, you know, exactly what he was. He's going to be one of those guys who's going to give you a couple innings out of the bullpen. Might be able to give you a spot start. 
So, yeah, and, I mean, I don't know, you can't really say much about Hobie Milner. You know, he might have gotten a, you know, a bad shake here with all the positions that he was put in by Joe Madden, and it seemed like he was one of Joe Madden's favorites. But the one thing, in a sense, that really kind of sticks out to me is all of these guys were in the bullpen. So you're basically completely rebuilding a bullpen, which is one of the things that Manassian has been praised about. You know, he he built a decently good bullpen in in Toronto. He's he did a pretty good job building a bullpen in Atlanta. You know, so and that's one of the things that the Angels have been missing and have been missing ever since. I mean, I'm looking at a poster right now of Francisco Rodriguez, Troy Percival, and you know Scott Shields, Scott Schoenweiss. I mean, there's you know Brennan Donnelly is in that mix. So I mean, we all know that. The key to the playoffs, and if you watch any playoffs, is a good bullpen and a good pitching staff. And that is what the Angels have been missing in the past few years. And that looks like what the Angels will be rebuilding here since they let go of basically their whole bullpen. So, you know, I don't know. There's so many interesting names out there, too, that you got non-tendered and that are free agents. I know, Brock, you had, a, I guess, a couple that are you had in mind that you might want to talk about. What are those names? Yeah, the only two that I personally think that will even come close to being on the Angels' radar that were non-tenders were Schwarber and Archie Bradley. Uh, personally, I'm not a big fan of signing either one. Archie Bradley's statistically fairly comparable the last couple of years to Robles, so I don't think it would it, it would really be worth you know the jump. In the last two years, he's only produced 0.1 more WAR than Robles has. For me, I think there's other other more interesting names on the market than him. Schwarber, for me, um, you know, last year he had a rocky year, which you know, I, I personally, statistically, for individual players, I think last year, not necessarily a scrap necessarily, but I, I think, I think what's more important is the consistency over the last three or four years, depending on the age of the player. So Schwarber won't be a, a bad signing signing necessarily. Uh, but for us, I think our focus needs to be elsewhere since he doesn't really have a spot. Uh, he would basically be a bench bat, uh, backup DH. You know, if, if we're facing a right-handed pitcher, uh, then he could be our other DH bat, I guess. But he struggles. He really struggles against lefties. And, you know, I, I just don't really, you know, I was telling you earlier that the only reason I would see him really fitting into our free agency um, focus is if, you know, we get towards the end. And, you know, we missed out on Bauer, we missed out on Hendricks, we missed out on a lot of the guys that we really wanted to focus on. And we're like, well, we still got money. Let's, you know, try to get a couple, you know, mid, mid-level mid arms and a bench bat. You know, then then I would see him maybe fitting into that. But, but for now, while everybody's still available and we still have all the money to play with, we need to focus more on the higher ticket that will make the bigger impact. And if we miss out on them, then we could go from there. But other than those two names, I didn't really see anybody that jumped out. Um, I don't know if you have anybody else that jumped out to you. or Yeah, you know, I mean, just quick on Schwarber. I don't know if there's really a spot for him, especially if you have Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele in the mix for right field or if you're thinking about putting Brandon Marsh in center field, moving Trout to right field or left field. If I don't think you can get rid of Upton. I could totally be wrong and. Stranger things have happened, and it is 2020, so you never know with Justin Upton. I think there's still something left in the tank with him. What it is, I don't know. Um, he's always been a streaky bat, but back onto it, I don't, I don't know. If, you know, you're going to need an outfielder. I don't know if you're going to pay what Schwarber wants to go get a fourth outfielder. If you're going to use Marsh as a fourth outfielder, Hermosillo just signed with the Cubs yesterday. So I, I just, it's, it's up in the air. You know, do you go back and get Brian Goodwin? That's kind of interesting. You know, so. I don't, I, I don't know about Schwarber. I, it's it's hard to fit an outfielder, especially of that caliber, um, in a sense. And I put caliber in air quotes because I don't think Schwarber is all that good at all. But he's always been on the Angels' radar. I feel like in a sense, he's always been like on the back burner. Like, oh hey, the Angels can go get Kyle Schwarber if they want um, from the Cubs. And I mean, Joe Madden is his manager, so there's plenty of connections there. But I, I just, it's it's hard for me to get Kyle Schwarber, you know, any love when. There's not really any room for him unless, I mean, even at first base, I mean, you got Walsh there. Otani can possibly play the outfield at first base. That's going to be an interesting experiment to see in the spring because you know he's been 
working on some type of position, and that's a whole nother podcast on what Otani's going to do. But yeah, back to the names. I mean, AJ Cole is an interesting name. Jonathan Holder is an interesting name. Matt Weisler is an interesting name. Corey Kniebel got non-tendered. I mean, heck, I would even personally bring back Keenan Middleton on some type of minor league contract or Justin Anderson on a minor league Knable contract. Kniebel just signed with the Dodgers today. Who did? Kniebel just oh, signed with the Dodgers Did he today? today? I, I didn't even see that. I'm looking at transactions. It must have just happened then. So, yeah, yeah David Dahl's an interesting... I think it happened last night or this morning, something like that. Yeah, David Dahl's an interesting name in the outfield if you want to go that way. I think that he's a little above a price tag for a fourth outfielder unless you're going to start him in right field and think Adele's not ready or Marsh isn't ready or whatever the mix is. Like you said, Archie Bradley's interesting. Tyler Naquin's an interesting name that got non-tendered. Brian Goodwin, like I mentioned. I mean, there's just quite a few. Nomar Mazzara is an interesting name. I think that's above the price tag, though. Ryan Stanick got um, non-tendered. I mean, there's just so many names. Albert Almora Jr. So it's 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 super interesting, and there's definitely a team out there to be built. I just don't know what the price tags are going to be. It's just it's it's very it's very weird. So we'll just have to wait and I guess see in a sense. But back on to I mean the bullpen being built and how in a sense Billy built bullpens. It makes a lot of sense because you said like oh Archie Bradley has the same numbers as Hansel Robles. Yet you look at it, and Hansel Robles had such a bad year last year. I mean, bullpens can be so volatile. It's almost like flipping a coin, going to Las Vegas, and playing the slots. Like, is my bullpen going to be good this year? Is it going to be bad? And not trying to spend that much money on it either. So I, I think that, you know, the the premise of building a bullpen was right with Billy Epler, and it's going to be interesting to see how Manassian does it too because, like, I'm fascinated to see what kind of guys he brings in. If it's just going to be exactly like Epler, just kind of different guys bringing guys who throw absolute ched, or if it's going to be let's get guys that throw not as hard but throw strikes and will get us some type of outs out of the bullpen. I, I'm I'm very interested to see how this bullpen gets built. It's just it's it's a very difficult thing to to build a bullpen and not spend money on guys such as not that these guys are available. Roldis Chapman type guys, Josh Hader type guys. Even Hader hasn't been what he was when he first came up. So, I mean, bullpens are so volatile and it's so hard to figure out how this whole how a whole bullpen works and comes together and how a manager wants it to be used. So, I, I mean, it's just, it'll be fascinating offseason to see how he completely rebuilds this bullpen. And there is one guy that they already picked up, Jake Reed, who I absolutely love. I tweeted out about him. He's 94 to 98, sidearm, short stride guy, good frisbee slider, has a good changeup. I think he makes the team out of spring. They got him on a minor league contract, and I just I, I really like like what he does. I just want to throw that name out there right away. So, Brock, anything else before we move on to the, I guess in a sense, big move that the Angels made? Uh, no, I don't think so. Perfect. So, yes, yesterday, uh, well, I guess, what is today? Today's Wednesday. I believe so. Tuesday. No, today's Thursday. Wednesday. Wow, I'm off a day. I'm off a day. <laughs> um, Wednesday, the Angels did make a minorly major move in a sense. They got a starting shortstop in Jose Iglesias. They traded Garrett Stallings and Gene Pinto, a 19, I guess 20-year-old, away for that. Brock, do you have... I'll, I'll throw it at you. I don't know if you have any details on any of this move at all, and then I guess I'll kind of find, follow it up. Just, I have a little bit of an opinion on Iglesias, and hopefully, you know, he only played 39 games last year, uh, but in those 39 games, I guess in a sense, you could say he had a career year, 373 batting average, 956 OPS with a 160 OPS plus. So hopefully last year was a glimmer of him maybe hitting uh, maybe some sort of a little bit of a prime, and he could come over and just be a good average bat and get on base a good amount towards the bottom end of that lineup. And, you know, I I personally, with where our team needs help in, I, I'm happy with this move. Uh, a lot of people were throwing around Gregorius's name for a uh, second baseman for us and move Fletcher to shortstop or do whatever they wanted to do with that, which I wouldn't have been upset about necessarily. But that was, you know, more money that, that especially now seeing what happened with these non-tenders, obviously their focus is really on pitching this year. Uh, which I'm happy about, and you know this this move allows us to, you know, have more money towards towards that goal. 
and uh, you know building that bullpen with uh, you know maybe a little bit higher end arms than I might have expected, and have enough money for a top of the line starter in our rotation, which is you know where our focus should be. I just didn't necessarily I didn't expect this move. I, I didn't expect a a move like this that you know hopefully if he keeps it up like you know continue where he left off, then it's a good low ticket or a low price tag shortstop that you know, can hold, hold, hold his water, hold his ground at, at shortstop and hopefully provide, you know, average or maybe a little bit better offense and allows us the flexibility, financial flexibility to get our end goal pitching. Yeah. A hundred percent, you know, I mean, just, uh, I have a little, I have quite a bit here on this whole thing. Um, just to start off with, yeah, Iglesias had a, a good year last, a very good, year at shortstop for the Orioles last year it's a nice it's a nice little move especially for 3.5 million to find a starting start shortstop for you that could possibly put up a two to three win year I mean absolutely 110 percent good defensively the bat kind of came around last year um he kind of in a sense credits that to former Angels uh hitting coach when he was with the Reds uh Donnie Eckert um, is kind of the guy in a sense behind how Iglesias has kind of stepped up in a sense his his back game or the hitting side of things. So, you know, tip of the cap to another Angels great in a sense. I know it's a name that not a lot of people know, but he was a great assistant hitting coach with the Angels, moved on to the Reds, did fantastic things with the Reds, and that I believe is now the hitting coach with the Giants, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, they were a pretty damn good hitting team last year. Yashrimsky was good. Solaro was good for him. And those are names that aren't normally good for him. So, again... Tip of the cap to former Angel um, Donnie Eckert there, uh, and yeah, you know it's it's like I said, three point five million for your starting shortstop who like again, like I said, could put up two to three wins for you, absolutely in a heartbeat. And I don't think he's gonna hit like he did last year at all. He's not gonna consistently put up a one sixty uh, WRC plus, but you know if he can find a way to hit two sixty to two eighty and drop I don't know seven to ten home runs play really good defense like he's been able to do. One of the best defenders in baseball, one of the most underrated defenders in baseball. Absolutely, go ahead and do that in a heartbeat. I know that with the Reds, he got a, I believe he got a minor league deal. And that shocked me. It shocked a lot of people when that happened because of how good of a defender he was. And, you know, he's always kind of been an under-the-radar guy in a sense. And I think that that's a, it's a really good move. On to the pieces that the Angels got a, gave up for him Garrett Stallings he profiles as a four to five starter isn't going to overpower anybody 88 to 92 with a little bit of sink in his fastball all off speed is as average as it gets like everything across the board is pretty average that you can mess with I mean average curveball throws it for strikes average slider throws it for strikes average changeup throws it for strikes just does everything you know good in a sense like it's nothing out of the ordinary a little scouting report on Gene Pinto. He's basically just a fastball guy, 20-year-old, played in the DSL. He has a slider in a sense. It, it, it It's still in the works. He, ha- he has good command as well, and he throws a lot of strikes. So it's kind of, you know, I don't know if he ever would have made it up with the Angels. I don't know if he would have ever been a, been a thought for the Angels, but it's a piece that may end up making it up for the Orioles. And who knows, might be a decent reliever in a sense for him. It's a, he's a long way out. He's only 20. So, yeah, I mean, that's just a little two cents. And also on the second base shortstop role, Manassian already came out and said that they love Fletcher at second base. He's a gold glove caliber second baseman. And that doesn't surprise me in the least bit. I don't think moving him to I think moving him to shortstop would have been a complete waste of his value in a sense because I don't think he's as good of a shortstop as you know a real shortstop would be so having him at second base leap makes him an all-star caliber second baseman and up the middle they're really good defensively like i said at the beginning of this podcast so i i i like the move i know that i like all the moves but i i like this move as well so anything any last words on this move here brock uh nope fantastic well anything else that you want to talk about today because i know we had I mean, we're gonna be on here. I'm trying. We'll try to get three podcasts up a week if we can. But is there anything else you want to talk about today, Brock? Uh, I would like to talk about the free agents a little bit. Yes, let's do that. Let's let's bring in. Let's bring up a couple free agents. I 
you do all the you do a little bit more research than I do. I just kind of pull it up. What names would you like to talk about, Brock? Or what, well, how would you like to talk about it? You want to talk about pitching, bats? Yeah, let's talk about pitching today. Okay, let's. Uh, we can do that. We'll, we'll we'll let's let's talk about a different free agent spot that the Angels need at the end of every podcast. We're kind of flying off the seat of our pants here. <laughs> all right. So let's, let's go. Uh, let's go starting pitching. Okay. All right. Well, I think the big one that obviously everyone's going to want to talk about is is Bauer. And I think the biggest thing to note here is I think everybody wants him. I, I want him. I don't know. Do you want him? Uh, yes and no. I think that he could be a bit of a nuisance in the clubhouse. I don't even know if that's the right word for it because I don't want to use cancer because I don't think he's a cancer in the clubhouse. He's a very smart baseball player. But I do think he can be a bit of a nuisance in a sense in the in the clubhouse, in a clubhouse that from some people's standpoints, wasn't a very good clubhouse to begin with. You know, throwing in that type of character is questionable for me. But from a pitching standpoint, absolutely, I would love him. I think that's what the Angels need. They need a they need a front-of-the-line starter to mix with Otani and Bundy and Heaney and Canning and whoever else you want to throw in there. So 100%, go, go get him from a starter standpoint. But you need to make sure that he isn't going to be a public relations pest in a sense. I don't even know how to word that correctly. Yeah, I see what you're saying, 100%. Yeah, from saying, I, I kind of stand the same. Um, I, I personally like Bauer. Um, I watch his YouTube channel. Um, I kind of like guys that, that kind of take a stand, but I don't know if it necessarily coincides with kind of what the Angels have always had going on in their clubhouse. So it kind of, I want to say concerns me, but makes me curious of how he would get along with, with the veterans in the clubhouse like Trout and Upton and Pujols. Um, so it, it's, you know, but Pujols is gone next year. Uh, Upton, I think, has one more year after this. Uh, but I, I think the biggest thing to note here is it's kind of it's kind of tough for me to, to, to really talk about this because I know that, you know, people are going to kind of disagree with it, which it is what it is, but I, I think if we do get him, we're going to heavily overpay for him, and it kind of is what it is because if we want him, we're going to be kind of almost forced to overpay for him because other people are going to overpay for him too. And you know that you know when you look at Spotrac and you look at the comparable players that they have listed for him based off their age, contract status, and statistical production, which is what they say in comparable players section, they put him next to Zach Wheeler, Patrick Corbin, Yu Darvish, and Madison Bumgarner. And all of their average salaries with those four combined are $21 million a year um, and a value of $117 million based off contract. So basically they're saying at his base calculated value, they put him at six years at $126 million for an average salary of $21 million. And we all know that if we sign Trevor Bauer, it's going to be more close to like six years, one hundred and eighty. Uh, so we're, you know, I guarantee that anybody that signs Bauer is going to be closer to the 30 million range rather than the 20 to 25 million range. Um, and you know, the years, the years always scare me with pitchers, um, which I think was the, you know, the bright spot of not signing Garrett Cole. I think that the Yankees signed him for way too much money and for way too long. Um, I'm kind of glad that we didn't sign him to that long of a deal. I think for any starting pitchers, especially the ones approaching 30, I think it's it's safer and, and you know smarter for the organization to to look at more of like a four to seven year deal rather than anything. I think anything over seven for a starting pitcher that's approaching 30 years old or already 30 years old is scary to me. It sounds kind of like a Albert Pujols situation where towards the end of the life of the contract, we're going to be, you know butthurt about it and it's gonna be like oh well we signed Garrett Cole why do we sign him for nine years or why do we sign Trevor Bauer for six years seven years whatever you know which you know the whole end goal of those things are to get the get a world series or even multiple world series in that you know two three four year window of that beginning of that contract you know but what scares me is that say we sign him for six and 180 which I think is going to be close to what he gets then that only live, that only leaves us with eight million of, of luxury tax money before that threshold left over to, to build whatever else we need to build, i.e. the bullpen, especially now with all the non tenders that we have. And I don't think that's enough. So 
I don't know what Manassian has in mind as far as how much you know he's willing to put forth to Bauer and how he wants to approach it. We could always backload it, which is also uh, has its pros and cons because then towards the back end of the contract, you're even more upset about it because now you're paying him even more money at the end of the life of the contract when he's not producing as much as he was in the beginning. So um, it's kind of tough. I think that no matter who gets Bauer, they're going to overpay. Um, you know, the only way that's not going to happen is if he maintains the production he did last year throughout the life of the contract and a $30 million pitcher, um, you know, is, is paying for a Cy Young caliber pitcher. And, you know, statistically he's really only had one Cy Young year, which was last year. And with that being said, last year was a 60 game season. So, you know, how is he going to produce over, you know, almost, you know, 100, 162 game season. How, how, how is he going to produce over a longer season? And, you know, that's what Spotrack is for and, and the fan graphs projections to kind of get a better idea of, Hey, you know what, this is what he produces over a longer period of time. And fan graphs specifically hasn't projected to produce 3.9 war, uh, with a 4.08 ERA, uh, next season. With a 13-11 record with 32 games pitched, 206 innings. So, obviously, for the Angels, that's a solid pickup. You know, we need the innings. We need that four-war. We need, you know, an average ERA, and we need the games pitched. But at the same time, you know, is that $30 million? You know, obviously, projections are hit or miss. Um, but, you know, when you look at, you know, his other years, it's it more coincides with his other years rather than this one. Really, 2018 was the the closest year he had to last year, where he threw two two one ERA and produced almost six WAR. So, you know, I guess that would that would be a Cy Young caliber season in, in some eyes, depending on who his competitors were. But you know, over the other seasons, it was always a, a over four WAR. So, all I'm hoping is is if we pay what I think he's going to get that. You know, he really does stay true to what he started producing last year and the analytics and the, the type of things that he's all into. Hopefully that actually is now into his pitching routine and, and, and shows up on the field when we need it to. And, um, you know, because $30 million isn't what his projections show. That's not a $30 million a year pitcher with those with those projections. Jacob deGrom or Max Scherzer with the type of consistency that they have over years and years is a $30 million pitcher. Um, so, you know, obviously we can only give money to who is available. Um, and Trevor Bauer is really the biggest name out there that um, everybody has their eyes on. Marcus Stroman took his qualifying offer, which is a name that I was interested in because I think his, his money that we, he would have given we would have given him would have more coincided with his projections and what he's produced. Um, but I think Trevor Bauer, you know, it's, it's tough when, you know, you produce close to around the same for years and maybe have one year where you do really well, but then in your walk year, you win a Cy Young. It's, it's tough for teams to really um, get that proper analysis and, and give the player the proper amount of money that is, he's going to produce over the life of the contract when he wins a Cy Young in his walk year it's it's tough and i just you know we need pitching at the end of the day and but at the same time i don't think that just the addition of trevor bauer makes us a world series team so i don't want us to spend all of our money and put all of our eggs in that one basket um i just hope that maybe you know manasian can figure out some sort of deal that we can get bauer um and get a couple bullpen arms and maybe even um you know a, a mid a mid-level arm in the in the starting rotation add on top of that and you know maybe that makes us a world series caliber team i just you know it's it's scary it's scary and you know that's why i'm not in the front office of the angels and making these decisions is because i don't really know exactly how to go about it but that's what they're there for yeah no and like you said i mean there's there's some red flags there with bauer i mean he's pitched a lot of innings i mean ucla pitches him a lot he's pitched pulling up his stats here I, he's pitched over 200 innings quite a bit, if I'm not mistaken, or at least in the 180 mark, quite a bit, and hasn't been hurt. So, I mean, you know, you knock on wood, you never want to see anybody get hurt. But at the same time, 
I mean, he's pitched over 180, in, 170 innings, one, two, three, four, five, five, and he was on pace six, seven times. So, I mean, there, there's that for you as it is. And there's that, that's a red flag, not to mention what I mentioned before with him being a public relations pest. And I, I mean, I, I feel, I would feel kind of bad for the guys who doing, doing all the PR stuff, um, for the angels if, or for whatever team Trevor Bauer goes to, because he's going to speak his mind and there's nothing wrong with that. And I cannot say that enough. There's nothing wrong with what Trevor Bauer does. I just know. And I think that in the clubhouse and all that fun stuff that that type of personality may not mix very well. I don't think like, can you imagine Trevor Bauer talking with Mike Trout? Like, I don't, I don't know how something like that would even go. Like, it, it would be super interesting. Or Trevor Bauer talking to Albert Pujols, really humble guy, Hall of Famer and all that stuff, and Trevor Bauer walking in with his camera talking. You know, I just I just don't know. It's it's, it's a big question mark for me. Ability-wise, heck yes, I want Trevor Bauer so bad. He's such a good pitcher. He's so smart. And I think that he helps out Griffin Canning, who also went to UCLA, and I think is a very similar pitcher to Trevor Bauer. Rep- repertoire stuff. But can you allocate that money differently? is the big question, and you mentioned that, and I think you totally can. Fangraphs has him getting three for 87 in that area. I think he gets a little bit more years, and I think he gets more money, maybe a little less money, I'd say, than 30 million a year. But, yeah, you know, it's it's a very interesting question. I mean, if I had it my way, I'd say go take a flyer on Chris Archer. Go see what Jose Quintana can do. He's a He was a former Cub with Joe Madden. And go pick up Tijuan Walker, who's been good in the past two years. Ever since he's been unhealthy, ever since he's been healthy, and was a top prospect. I mean, that's gonna that puts you under what you're getting for Trevor Bauer, and it gives you depth. And heck, you can go trade Griffin Canyon. You can go trade Patrick Sandoval, um, Jaime Berea, or go put those guys in the pen. You know, it, it would be super. I mean, can you imagine Griffin Canning? Uh, who else did I say there? Griffin Canning, Patrick Sandoval, and Jaime Berea in the pen. I mean, that's a pretty solid three guys just to go ahead and throw in your pen and then heck if Otani doesn't work out and gets hurt or if you have injuries you have guys that can back that up you don't have to bring up Jose Suarez who hasn't shown the ability to do anything good who's I think still can be a good pitcher a good four to five starter which the Angels have plenty of but you need to take that next step and I think money can be allocated can be distributed so much better than going and getting Trevor Bauer that's not saying that I'm not going to be a I'm going to be upset if they go get Trevor Bauer. I'm going to be all in a bad mood here. No, I'm going to be completely happy because that's the ace that you need to go get. But at the same time, I think you can go spend the money smarter and better and, you know, go get the same amount for that, if not more, and be better depth-wise. Because, I mean, depth plays a huge role in the playoffs too, and that's the ultimate goal because I think the Angels have a playoff caliber team here. I really do. I think you're missing a couple pieces and you now all of a sudden need to go build a whole new bullpen and you need a starter and you need an outfielder and you need a catcher, but you got your shortstop and you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, there's, there's pieces here to be had and I, I think they're a playoff caliber team. If everything goes well this off season, there's a, it's a long off season, but like I said, back to Trevor Bauer, I wouldn't be upset if they didn't get him. I wouldn't be upset if they got him. I'd be happy. So Yes. Anybody else that you see on this list of guys uh, that I have pulled up here that you think maybe could be a little, I guess, under the radar? I know they've been, it's been mentioned, Jay Happ, Dan Straley, um, just to name a few guys that I can remember in the back of my head. I know, I'm sure they've talked to almost every guy on this list, but anybody else that you think could be, oh, an under the radar move? Yeah, I have I have a lot of relief pitchers, but sticking to starting pitchers, I think uh, where I sit confidently in a in a deal, I, I you know I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but if I were front office and I were to try, you know, regardless of competition, I think a good deal for Bauer would be five for one twenty, which would be twenty four million a year. Um, I like that. It's a little bit over what the market is evaluating him at. I don't think that would be necessarily too excuse me, too much of overpaying that I'd be upset with it. Um, but five for 120, I think, would be really nice. It hits that middle mark of, uh, you know, if he drops off towards the end of his contract or even in the middle of it, it's not too much of a long-term deal. And we're paying him kind of right in the middle of what the market's putting him at and what he would really want. 
Um, so five for 120, 24 million a year would be what I would be super stoked about. Um, and with that being said, as far as luxury tax goes, that that leaves us per spot track that would leave us with 14 million more dollars below the threshold. And what I would like to do with that 14 million dollars, um, a name that sticks out to me that I really like is Jake Odorizzi. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, they put him uh, calculated market value at about 14 million. Um, so you know we could do with that what we will. We could do you know two a year for 28. We could do two a year for 26. Get him for 13 million a year, and I think that would put some depth in our rotation. And also, kind of, I liked how you mentioned how you know the younger arms that we have uh, currently in our rotation because we had empty holes. You know, Berea, uh, Canning. And I forget the other name you mentioned, but San, basically we Sandoval, have Suarez. Yeah, exactly. So we oh Sandoval, there you go. So we have that that young depth, uh, you know, that could be a fifth arm in our rotation if need be, or even fourth. Uh, but what would be nice about signing a Bauer for that mo- that amount of money and signing Odorizzi for that amount of money is I think both of those guys, well, obviously Bauer, but I think Odorizzi uh, would have a top four spot in our rotation. And I really like the idea of Bauer as our ace, uh, having Bundy, having Heaney, having Otani be thrown in there, having Odorizzi. So I really like that five. Um, and if Otani is hurt or whatever happens with him, we still have Canning, Sandoval, Berea, and Suarez that can fill in that fifth spot. And if they, you know, Otani is healthy and can be a solid rotation arm, then we have all five of those guys or four of those guys, the younger guys, to be bullpen arms. And so that's kind of where I'm curious of where Manassian is going to put his time and energy in of rather, you know, trying to get two solid starting rotation arms like a Bauer and Odorizzi and then shift those younger arms towards the bullpen to fill in those non-tender spots that we have um, or maybe go over the threshold a little bit. And if Artie agrees to it and sign um, a Hendricks still and have that one solid bullpen arm in that bullpen and have those younger arms as backup too, or if he's going to more focus his rotation on, or I don't know what I just said, focus his energy on, um, you know, putting maybe more money into Bauer to secure that number one ace and then have that younger arm fill in that fifth, fourth or fifth spot or both. And then taking that extra money below the threshold, that fourteen million, and instead of spending it on an Odorizzi, he spends it on a Hendricks and still stays below the threshold. So for me, I think I, I, I personally like the idea of getting a Bauer and an Odorizzi and getting that starting rotation depth. I think that that would be uh, prime for me. And then having those younger arms shift towards the bullpen for now, let them develop a little bit more, get that uh, knowledge from Bauer. And, uh, you know, Bundy, I think, is still going to have another solid year. So I think, you know, I really like Bauer, Bundy, Heaney, Otani, and Odorizzi in that five and shifting those other younger arms to the bullpen for now. And then once we kind of get, you know, Bundy's gone with us next year, I think Heaney's even gone with us next year. Who knows what's going to happen with Otani? And hopefully by next year, Canning, Sandoval, etc. Those other names are going to shift right up in our rotation and hopefully be ready by then to the point where, you know, they're going to be, you know, our next Skaggs, our next Heaney, our next Bundy and fill those gaps where we need to and still have Bauer at the top of that rotation. And Odorizzi can go, you know, to number two in the rotation if he holds up. And then we got those younger arms to fill in our three, four, five. So personally, I like that method a little bit better. And, you know, I won't complain at all one bit if, you know, Artie says, you know what, cool, we get Bauer, we get Odorizzi, you know what, let's go 10 million over the threshold, you know, who cares, that's, you know, barely 10 million over, you know, tax-wise, that's not going to kill us too much, and let's sign a Hendricks to be our closer, so now we have all these young guys that can put in the innings, are healthy, and, you know, we got that ninth inning, uh, closer that hopefully Hendricks can provide what he has for the last few years and be our our closer for one or you know this year or the next year even after that and you know hopefully that that's where I see us going but you know I'm always a little bit overly optimistic of what actually is going to happen the chances of us securing all three of those names are, are pretty slim but in a perfect world with the amount of money that we have and the amount of money hopefully Artie will be willing to pitch forward 
I really like the signing of Bauer, Odorizzi, and Hendricks. Yeah, no, I, I can't agree with you more on that at all. And yeah, I, I don't really have much else to say about the starting pitching. I think the there's a lot of interesting depth pieces. It wouldn't surprise me if the Angels went out and also traded for a pitcher. I mean, Blake Snell's on the market. Um, Danny Duffy would be an interesting piece. Matthew Boyd has always been talked about. Uh, Herman Marquez is could be a top pitcher in the AL if you go and want to you know spend to go get him. You know, so I mean, we barely even scratched the surface with starting pitching, and it's going to end up being someone we didn't even think about. That's that's usually how it goes down. It's like, oh, Angels traded for Chris Sale, like didn't even see that coming, but well, that makes sense. You know, I mean, that's just I feel like that's just how the Angels have been in the past few, you know, few off seasons. Like oh, I didn't even see that possibly happening, but it could. That that makes sense now. So, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for giving us a listen here. I know we are not Derek or John, and I know they do this so well, but I hope you guys keep on listening to Talking Halos. They will be on soon enough uh, as well. I mean, Derek's working a whole bunch, John working a whole bunch, so it's hard to get them, get all of us on together, but I know we will here. And again, I mean, it's almost 2021, and we're almost have spring training again so it'll be super interesting to see how the angels work this off season so guys again thank you for listening to talking talking halos if you have any questions shoot it to me or brock um, brock where are you again on twitter bdrox8 and you can follow me at jared underscore Thames. you guys have a great day <laughs>